Welcome, you're listening to Ask the Doulas, a podcast where we talk to experts from all over the country about topics related to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and early parenting. Let's chat. Hi, Amber. Good to see you. Hi, good to see you too. (laughs) Zoom glitches and all. Great to see you. I know. Third time's the charm, right? Um, yes, I know. Let's we're gonna roll with this, and I think people understand now that Zoom is not perfect. So, <laughs> so we want to talk a little bit today about creating a calm space. You wrote a piece for our newsletter last month that was about the importance of having a proper environment, a calm environment, especially for parents and especially for new moms with little babies at home. Um, why don't you first tell people, Amber, about the coziness consultant, because that's what you do. And then it will tell them why we're, why I'm talking to you about this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few years ago, well, it's been 60 or so years ago now, um, when we bought our house, people would come over and every time they would walk in, they would say, oh, this is so cozy. When I buy a house, can you help me? And it was one of those things that, you know, after I heard it, for so long, it, it almost got comical where people would come to visit us for the first time. And before they, they'd open their mouth and I would look at Kyle, my husband, and we would just laugh because it was like, oh, they're going to say it again. <laughs> one of those things that it was like, gosh, you know, one day, maybe there's something to this. And so um, I started pursuing um, helping people interior decorate on the side. And then I ended up getting certificate certification for it and really pursuing um, what I have called myself the business, the business, the coziness consultant. Um, it's a little different than a lot of people who do interior design or interior decorating because uh, I, obviously people want their homes to be beautiful and I want to help them, you know, get the style, the aesthetic that they're going for. Um, but I also really believe that our spaces should reflect who we are and our values, but they should also help us live the best that we can in whatever stage of life we're in. So it's about helping people think really intuitively and intentionally about how they use their space and how they want to use their space. Or, you know, if they have small children, you know, what's practical and helps them, you know, be able to keep toys under control or keep furniture clean or whatever. How do they achieve, you know, living well in their space now? And then how does that sort of age with them? Um, and, and kind of helping that steer them right toward the correct priorities and also just realizing like there's just some things you can't do at this stage of your life with your house and your family, but in a few years you can. And so let's figure out how to make it the best we can right now. I think that's great that you, you kind of probably have to get to know that individual family. How many kids do you have? How big or small is your house? Um, you know, and speaking of a new mom with a new baby, it would be really important I think for you to help with that space because she's a new mom doesn't necessarily know what she needs in that space Mm -hmm. um you know and you you've been through this before I've nursed before I've had to pump before like here's what you like you're probably going to be able to help them create this space with the things that they don't even know they need to organize yet you know like if you Mm -hmm. were sitting there pumping um and then you realize you don't you're getting ready to pump you've already gotten your shirt off baby just went down for a nap and now you realize you don't have any clean pump accessories so you know having a spare set of pump accessories that you keep next to this station or whatever um things that they might not even know to think about 
Right. Or a baby is super upset and you really need to nurse. You, you know, you went to the grocery store and you were stuck out longer than you thought and you get home and, you know, baby's upset and you, yeah, you're scrambling, you get your coat off and you get ready and you have no nursing pillow <laughs> or no nipple shield, you know? Um, and I, I think we've all been there and, and no, no matter how well you prepare your space, you're still going to have moments like that, but there are some really practical ways um, to ensure that, you have what you need because all of those things, right? Like any of those little stressors, they seem like little, but they can impede your letdown or you're emotionally like, so, you know, the baby's been upset and crying in the car and you're, you know, in traffic. And by the time you get home, it's like even trying to relax enough to have a letdown or to nurse or, you know, um, sometimes it's hard. And so if you can design your spaces, even knowing that you're going to have those moments that are less than ideal, at least you'll be set up for success. Um, and you've practiced relaxing enough in these spaces and repeating this, you know, practice that hopefully you can, you know, relax and calm down. The space can help you. I like the idea of making, a space where you either nurse or pump that is almost like your calm space instead of the opposite. We think about, Oh God, it's time to pump again. Or, Oh my God, we just nursed. I have to go nurse you again. And I have to go to this space. And then you're already in this negative headspace, which like you said, then affects your mental wellness. It could make it hard to have a letdown. Um, babies can sense these, especially, you know, this, these feelings, <laughs> Um, and then when your baby's upset, it's often harder to get them to nurse effectively. So it's just this, this spiral, right? So if you can have this calm space where you're like, okay, I get to dim the lights. Um, you know, I know you're really into like lighting a candle, like let's light a candle, or maybe you turn the diffuser on 30 minutes before, you know, you have to go in and it's this calm space that you can enter and have a peaceful 20, 30 minutes with your baby and um, look at it that way instead of it being a stressful time or a stressful space. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing too, when we're talking about those like little things that can chip away or great at it, um, I mentioned to you before, you know, we've all been in the car and there's that, you know, one full water bottle that keeps like, you know, rattling around on the floor and you think, Oh, I need to take that inside or, Oh, I need to throw that away. Or, Oh, when I get gas, I'm going to throw that out. And, but you don't do it. And for like a week, every time you're in the car, you're like, Oh, that water bottle, you know, it's like, those are things that are small, but they do just kind of sap you, <laughs> you know, it's annoying. And it's like, it takes way too much of your head space. Um, and I think not having organized like pumping stations or, like designated space, right? That's a calm space where you always nurse. Um, that sometimes can have the same effect. If it's like every time you sit down and you're ready to go and, you know, your nipples are sore, but you're like, oh, I don't have the shield. <laughs> you know, those those are those little annoyances that actually have a much larger impact on your psychological health. Um, and especially when you, you know, you're hormonal and emotional, it's hard. Those Those things have a bigger toll than you realize. Yeah. All those little minor annoyances become real big when it's three o'clock in the morning and you've only gotten sleep in 90 minute chunks, um, all Mm -hmm. night long sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. can just kind of exponentially make all these things feel monumental instead of trivial. Um, but I think too, I think, you know, 
when we're talking about that, like mental peace, you know, I think too, um, I'm really sensitive also to including moms that are, you know, exclusive pumpers, because I think, you know, my, my daughter was born early and she just had a really hard time. She would latch, but she wasn't sucking. And so I had to pump so much at the beginning and, you know, a few weeks in, I just felt resentful. You know, it was like, I saw the pump as utilitarian. It was like, I didn't feel like it was a bonding activity as much. And so I think that's another reason why creating kind of a repeatable practice or, you know, some of these things we're talking about, like using your senses, your five senses to create a space where you pump um, that can help that, you know, oxytocin release and facilitate that sense of bonding um, a little bit more when you're not physically, you know, breastfeeding. Um, I think, I think that's really important. And, and that's, that's, you know, what I had written about for you, um, that idea of using the five senses to design your space. Um, you know, so say, say, and this could apply to pumping or breastfeeding really. Um, but kind of going through a mental checklist, you know, if, if you have a space that's not working, um, you know, or you, you're regularly just sitting in front of the TV to, you know, pump or nurse, or you're just in the middle of the night scrolling on your phone while you're nursing. Um, if that's working for you, you know, I guess it's not really worth changing, but for the most part, I think it, those things make it really hard to go back to sleep afterward. Um, and, and maybe, you know, you have trouble getting the letdown. Um, I think going through that checklist of your senses, you know, what are you seeing? Are you in a space where there's a ton of clutter? Um, or, you know, is it a cozy, you know, room that you recently painted? It's a fresh coat of paint or a piece of art that you love on the wall? Or, um, you know, is there dim lighting or is it dark? You know, um, what do you smell? Like you said, um, you know, having either a scented candle or you're diffusing something in the air you know, not next to the diaper pile, <laughs> the pail, uh, you know, what do you see? What do you smell? You know, what are you touching, feeling like, is it important to have your slippers on, is, you know, are your feet cold or having a cozy blanket there or, or a good lumbar, you know, pull support, um, you know, all of those things, I think, and, and thinking about taste too, like, is your water bottle nearby? If you're getting up during the night, do you need, I remember, you know, at mine, like, 4am feeding or pump or whatever, I often would, I had fresh fruit cut up in the fridge and I would, you know, have a few bites of fruit or granola bar. Um, just, you know, thinking through, oh, and also what are you hearing? You know, is it, is there a noise machine or silence or, you know, maybe you have like a little water feature, you know, if that sound is, um, or an Apple meditation app on your phone or relaxation, um, you know, any of those things, if you have a space that isn't working, I think that's a good place to start is to check in with each of those five senses and figure out how you can make tweaks to your space to make it more calming and relaxing. Yeah, it's a great place to start. And some of the senses might be more triggering for others than, you know, like you said, is your chair right next to that diaper pail? And every time you mm -hmm. sit down, you're smelling dirty diapers and then you're trying to like be calm and bond with your baby. And when <laughs> right. you eat that food, like the food tastes gross because now you're smelling poop, you know, just, um, you know, and for me, smell is a big thing. Like I love diffusers to me with the right 
scent is just so calming. Um, and obviously you have to be sensitive with a baby, you know, and, and they could have, um, they might not like, you know, it has to be very mild, I guess, is my point. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, what are your triggers? And on the flip side, what brings you joy or relaxation in your everyday life? Mm-hmm. You know, and making sure that there's some representation of that in your, you know, pumping. I think too, you know, also just being aware of your body in this space, because I think, you know, like, let's say, you know, if you're, you, you know, you have a clog, a clog, or you, you know, you've been hunched over, you know, and, and so you've got that one spot in your back that always hurts or, you know, whatever. I think, I think we're so inclined to think like, oh, baby needs this. Oh, it's time to pump. Oh man, I need, you know, that we're not often aware of our own physical needs. And then we also don't feel like there's enough time to fix that thing, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it gets into the space of, also realizing like your, you know, capacity, um, like for one, for somebody who, you know, I mean, obviously now we have shipped and we have options like that. You know, if you need baby Tylenol or, you know, nipple cream or, you know, but, but it's like, yeah, anytime you sit down, you immediately remember, oh, I didn't do that thing that mm-hmm. I needed for my own body or, you know, or I'm out of diapers or whatever. Um, and, you know, having somebody that you can say right then text or, you know, holler out to, Hey, put on the list X, Y, Z, we need this, or I need you to run to the store. Or can you just help me, you know, can you bring me an extra pillow instead of, you know, struggling through that pumping session, wishing you had the thing, (laughs) you know, advocating for yourself and taking care of and being sensitive to even those small needs um, that you kind of just keep letting go unnoticed um, because you got things to do. Hey, Alyssa here. I just wanted to hop on real quick and let everyone know about a really exciting new course that Kristen and I have been working on called Becoming. It's all about becoming a mother. And in six weeks online, we will be giving video lessons and live coaching calls weekly with Kristen and I, along with a private Facebook community to offer encouragement and support. The six-week online class will actually be launching beta, which is our first launch, on March 22 with our live call on March 26. You can get into this beta program at a really, really super reduced price. So check us out at thebecomingcourse.com backslash join. We'd love to have you join us and learn all about pregnancy, birth, and early parenting, and especially during the scary time of COVID. Let us be your expert guides. Thebecomingcourse.com backslash join. We hope to see you there. lists have never been so important to me until after I had a baby, your mind, um, you know, they, they call it pregnancy brain, but I don't believe that. I think it's mom brain. It just, it never goes away. I'm always focused on what does she need? What do I have to do for her? And it just changes, you know, now she's almost eight and it's what school stuff does she need? What, you know, it's snowing out. Did she grab her boots? Did she grab, you know, it's always, it's not me. Like, did I remember my gloves? (laughs) Did she remember hers? So I need, no, it's true. Yeah, it's true. I know. And and it's that thing. It's, it's, you know, we do it in other ways, right? Like for me, whenever my daughter's three and a half now, anytime she says something funny or she's doing a new thing, I try to grab my phone and put it in a note right then, because I know two minutes from now, I'll literally be like, oh shoot, what was it that she said? You know? And I think, you know, having that kind of attention to your child obviously is necessary. And, and it's, 
you know, once that flip is switched in your brain, it's like it never shuts off, but you always are secondary for your own needs. And I think, you know, if you keep bumping up against a frustration every time you pump or, you know, you have, you know, you, you baby gets up from a nap, you know, you're changing their diaper or whatever and nursing them and you don't have what you need in the nursery at that minute because it's downstairs. Um, those are really frustrating things. So I think if you can make a mental note or have, you know, text someone or ask for help um, and make sure you have those stations, make sure you have things set up more than one place um, so that you can try to eliminate some of those simple frustrations. I think overall incrementally um, it will really, really help. We talked about, you know, I mentioned the difference between, you know, viewing some of this practice, right, as utilitarian and necessary versus bonding. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, anytime you can think about your spaces, it's kind of this checklist of like, yes, like thinking about your space in terms of those five senses. And also how do you, right, like how are you orienting that space so that it's pulling on that emotional part of you that, you know, um, those, those love hormones and helping you get in a mindset where you feel bonded and, you know, you're helping your body relax and have that let down, but also like for your own peace of mind and, and taking the time to invest in your space, even though you have very little capacity, knowing that that's an investment in you and your baby and your emotional health <laughs> and your mothering, you know, um, by taking the time to do those things, even if they seem simple. I wonder if, you know, for a mom who had to exclusively pump or pump for a long time, like you did, and like you said, it felt very utilitarian, like creating a space where, you know, maybe they, when they're sitting in that chair pumping, they're looking at a photo of their baby right when they were first born or, you know, some things that will help you get that oxytocin going that you're not getting from physically having your baby um, skin to skin you know, thinking ahead about things like that, like what, and, and not just sitting there dreading it, looking at your phone and wondering why you can't get a letdown, but actually like thinking about your baby and looking at photos, a photo on the wall of your baby or, you know, your whole family, um, things like that to make the space, I guess, just um, more cozy and less utilitarian. Mm-hmm. And I think too, right? Like for me, it goes that it's that, that personal piece of taking care of yourself because I was nursing her, but I was also pumping a lot. Um, but I dealt, I dealt with a lot of clogged ducts and I had a lot of pain and she had an undiagnosed lip and tongue tie until she was eight months old. And so I was doing all of those things with an intense amount of pain. Um, and so I think for me, there was part of it too, was like a resentment toward, the whole thing because things were not right for me and I was having trouble being, you know, people hearing me when I kept saying, you know, to my, to my um, pediatrician and to whoever, like, I think she has a lip and tongue tie and they would say, well, her latch looks good. And I'm like, well, I really hurt. So <laughs> some, you know, I think finding somebody who would listen to me and help solve some of those problems um, that also was like a huge piece because even if I had had my spaces totally oriented um, and I did have stations set up for success, I was still needing special care and needing to be heard to fix that circumstance too. Right. 
I think a big piece of this is, you know, you had mentioned just ask for help, whether you're sitting in that chair and need a pillow and you need to text your partner or spouse in the other room. Um, I need, it's asking for help, but we, we so often feel like we're putting someone else out. And then if you know, like I, it is not supposed to feel like this when I nurse, this is huge pain, like good for you. You're not supposed to still be bleeding. Right, right. <laughs> like you have to find someone to help you. Yeah. And you know, and little shout out to Dr. Kingmont, um, that, you know, having someone finally take me serious and, um, refer me us to him was just life changing, you yeah. know, cause like at that point it was, you know, eight months in and, but I nursed her until she was 16 months old after that. So the first literal first half was pretty rough. And the second half was really good. <laughs> Taking care of me and having someone hear me right made all the difference. So if any new mamas want to get a hold of you, let's say someone's pregnant and hears this and wants to put a space together, or they just had their baby and need help with space, or um, they have a house full of kids, who knows? Um, tell them how to get a hold of you, but also how are you working right now during a pandemic? Are you doing virtual consults? Are you doing some in person? What does that look like right now? Uh, so the best place to find me, my website is thecozinessconsultant.com, and I'm active on Instagram at the coziness consultant um, and Facebook the same. The quickest way to get a response from me is a DM on Instagram. And yeah, I am I am doing some in person um, with masks and socially distanced, um, but I have done much more virtual. Um, I had done a few virtual appointments before the pandemic, but it wasn't something that I was putting a lot of effort into because it's obviously easier to be in a space and I like interacting with the people and, um, you know, being able to observe them in their home and with their family, right? Like also gives me clues of recommendations I can make. Um, but since the pandemic has kind of forced us to be a little bit more creative, um, I found that it actually works really, really well for consultations. And so my, um, my standard um, consultation is two hours. Uh, and again, that was a kind of trial by error. I always started an hour and we were always pushing an hour and a half. It never felt like enough. Yeah, if anyone wants to reach me on um, social media or my website is the best. Awesome. Thanks for doing this. Happy to. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Ask the Doulas. For more information about Gold Coast Doulas, visit us on our website, goldcoastdoulas.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. Thank you. Remember, these moments are golden.